Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. Feels good. Hot, hot, hot. Oh, yeah. You know the words. Come on. Hang on. My phone's ringing. Hello. You really? Oh, God. Are you serious? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, wait. All right, thanks. So I'll, I'll straighten it out right away. Okay, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I promise. Okay. <clears throat> All right, sorry. All right. Uh, <clears throat> welcome into the Scoot Show with your guest host, me, uh, Ian Hokin. I, I guess I read the headline wrong. I don't know how I screwed this up. I guess it's actually pretty cold. Coleman, what happened here? I think that. I think there was a miscommunication. I think there was. A, I think I got uh, the wrong. Uh, I got the wrong memo. I got the wrong email. It's actually. Uh, it's actually quite cold. You don't say. Yeah, yeah. No. So I think let's 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 get rid of Buster Poindexter because it's it's the it's the wrong it's the wrong song to play because it's, it's a that, wishful it's, thank. It's actually song. really cold. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. Well, we we could we could have left it on, and see if that made people feel warmer. But um, yeah, you just heard Chris Miller in the news department say it's uh, thirty-one at the airport. I see uh, 30 in Slidell. Where's the lakefront? 33 at the lakefront. Hey, that's not too bad. Yeah, it's really quite cold. Uh, If you've been paying any attention whatsoever, you already know we are in the middle of a big Arctic freeze, which has uh, virtually shut down the entire New Orleans metro area, much of Louisiana, and much of the United States of America. Uh, Plunging temperatures last night, freezing rain this morning. It's going to get cold again tonight. So we are going to make sure that you're prepared with everything you need to know. We're going to talk in just a couple moments here to Colin Arnold, the Director of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness for the City of New Orleans, about what you need to know. Um, It's very important that you stay safe. Uh, You be weather aware. You be smart. You protect your plants, your pipes, your pets, uh, livestock, and on. I'm also, uh, all day long, I want to hear from you. You know I'm going to be reading your text messages. You know I'm going to be taking your phone calls on the Oakland Art Jewelers Talking Text Line. That's 504 Two six zero one eight seventy. Happy to hear from you. What impact is this weather having on you, your family, your workplace, your business? It's a ghost town downtown, brothers and sisters. I was coming over here, hardly any traffic at all. I was uh, pretty upset to see that the little sundry shop in our office building was closed for the day. Uh, that family did not come into work, probably anticipating that there's not going to be very many people working in offices today. So, uh... That was kind of a sign of the times for me. I was like, oh, the go fast is closed. That's that's how you know it's pretty serious. So did you have to close down your workplace? Did you have to 
stay home from work? Or did you have to go to work? Man, this morning I heard uh, the garbage truck going by. I want to say that was maybe 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I was up at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. God knows why. I tried to be a... Uh, I tried to be smart last night, put my head on the pillow about 12 o'clock, had a good book out, reading uh, The Girl Who Lived Twice, which is the sixth book in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. I didn't read the fourth or fifth book, so I'm a little bit lost. Anyway, all that is to say, I was still awake at 2 or 3 in the morning, and I heard the garbage truck go by, and thinking about those those dedicated public servants taking out your garbage and uh, doing their job at uh, the wee hours of the morning in freezing cold rain. And I uh, just want to thank everybody who's still out there uh, making the world go round in the middle of all this. If you're not able to, <laughs> if you're not able to go to work, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, hear about what the impact is on your life and your home. How are you preparing for the extended freeze? It's beginning again tonight. We're going to get uh, expert advice all day long from Colin Arnold. Uh, so we're going to talk to somebody either from the National Weather Service or uh, the WWL Louisiana Forecast Center after the jump. We're also going to talk to Public Service Commissioner Devonte Lewis. Uh, if you heard my interview with him, I want to say that was like maybe mid-December. That was a follow-up on a conversation that I had with him in the summer. Devonte Lewis, the Public Service Commissioner, has made this push to uh, force utility companies um, to not disconnect people's electricity during extreme weather events, such as the terrible heat wave and drought that we had over the summer. And I got a text from Entergy this morning that says, hey, we're suspending disconnections for the next, you know, 48, 72 hours. And it made me think, God, I wonder if that's Devante Lewis's work or if that's Entergy just being proactive about it. So we'll talk to Devante about 3.20 this afternoon. And of course, you know I want to talk about Iowa. At 225, we're going to talk to Robert Hogan, friend of the show, professor and department chair of political science at Louisiana State University, about the results of the Iowa caucuses. Some pretty interesting stuff in here. As everybody expected, Trump uh, won pretty decisively. People are upset at Fox News and upset at CNN and upset at the broadcast networks about calling the race so early, really just about 30 minutes after uh, the caucusing started which is a little bit controversial. I think when you're when you're looking at a, a field where one candidate has, you know, a 30 point lead and everybody wants to be first, I can't really blame the people that work in those newsrooms for saying, yeah, OK, let's go ahead and make the call and say that Trump won. But people are still voting, man, like people are still talking to their district captain or their precinct captains. They're talking to their neighbors in churches and gymnasiums and pizza chains all over the Hawkeye state. And I think it's a little bit unfair and inappropriate for the race to be called when that process is only 30 minutes in. I don't know what the solution is, but it seems like that's just unfair. If I, if I'm caucusing in Iowa and I'm still out here trying to participate in the democratic process, and then I see that all the cable networks have already said the race is over Essentially, you can go home. Any effort you make now for the rest of the night is a wasted effort. That sucks. I would be pretty unhappy about that, and especially given the weather in Iowa. These poor people trying to get out and just, you know, exercise their right to vote, their freedom to vote, their civic responsibility, braving these plunging temperatures, a blizzard that they're having in Iowa. And then this happens. So I can see why some people are frustrated there. So we're going to talk to Robert Hogan about the big takeaways 
from Trump's big night in Iowa and what's happening next. Uh, We're going to have the New Hampshire primary, of course, on January 23rd, followed by the caucuses in Nevada. I did not know this. The Republicans are still caucusing in Nevada. The Democrats are not. The Democrats are not caucusing in either Iowa or Nevada. They're going to just a regular primary contest. Uh, Apparently, the Republican Party in Nevada wanted to continue caucusing. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe I can ask Mr. Hogan about that. Um, Anyway, that's on February 3rd. February 24th, South Carolina. That's going to be interesting because you would expect Nikki Haley, who's a former two-term governor from South Carolina, to perform well there. But looking at the polling averages, she's actually still really quite far behind. She is in second place, according to these uh, averages from, what is this, 538? But you would think that, you know, the hometown girl would have a little bit more of an advantage there. But in fact, she does not. I'm also going to talk to Professor Hogan about this redistricting effort. Oh, did I print this out? Oh, I hope I did. I got an email. Let's see if I can find this really quick. I got a big stack of papers here. Coleman, what's going on with Mr. Arnold? Are we getting him? Nah. Okay. Well, we'll just keep working. Oh, I bet that's him on the hotline right there, huh? Okay, great. Stand by, everybody. Talk more about politics in a second. We got him? Mm, I don't know what that is. Okay, maybe we're going to renegotiate another time. Anyway, uh, I did print out uh, some of the remarks that Governor Landry gave yesterday. Uh, at the beginning of the special session on Martin Luther King Day that struck a damn interesting tone. And it struck me as a a really uh, a noticeable difference between what looks like what's about to happen in Louisiana in terms of redistricting versus what happened next door in Alabama. You may recall uh, the judicial system ordered Alabama to redraw its congressional district to include an additional majority black district. Alabama did not really want to do that. Uh, they resisted uh, as, as, as much as they could. They fought against that tooth and nail. And um, I think they're actually, they actually were forced eventually to go ahead and readopt some of those maps that did what the court said that they were going to do. But Governor Landry struck a very different tone in his remarks yesterday to the legislature at the beginning of that special session. I'm going to find a time a little bit later this afternoon to read some of that to you because it kind of caught me off guard. And we've talked about this on the show a lot lately that, uh, you know, Jeff Landry, culture warrior, right-wing radical, whatever you want to call it, um, has been pretty clear in his time as attorney general about who his perceived political enemies are, the kind of changes that he wants to make, the kind of policies that he wants to see blocked or undone or otherwise. And so you kind of, or I at least anyway, I shouldn't speak for anybody else but myself, but, uh, you know, just when you think you know somebody, (laughs) I see these remarks from Jeff Landry, and it seems uh, a little bit maybe like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or maybe I just never understood Jeff Landry at all. So there's a lot to unpack there. And I want to ask Dr. Hogan about what's going to happen with this second majority black congressional district that we're going to have in Louisiana. Somebody is probably going to lose their job. I don't know if that's going to be Garrett Graves. Uh, There's a plan from Senator Womack, uh, this new map that includes a, 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 well, it sort of protects Mike Johnson, obviously. We don't want to lose him. 
it's a big deal to have the Speaker of the uh, of the House be from Louisiana. And we will. Uh, OK, great. I'm just getting a memo here. We do have Colin Arnold, but we're going to go ahead and, uh, and step away here. I don't want to get him on the phone and then have to break immediately. So, Coleman, let's jump out here. And when we come back in just a couple minutes, we'll be speaking to the director of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, Colin Arnold. And we'll talk about these hazardous conditions and what you can do to keep yourself and your family safe tonight. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Here's Nick Drake from Brighter Later, 1971. Song always just sounded a lot like winter to me. I have a lot of uh, other winter songs coming up here today. Starting to come through some text messages on the Okunar Jewelers Talking Text Line. You can join me there anytime. The number is, of course, 504-260-1870. I will be reading 100% of your text messages. I'll reply to as many as I can. And the very best ones I will read on the air, so make them count. Joining me on the hotline right now is Colin Arnold, the Director of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness for the great city of New Orleans. Director Arnold, thank you for making the time today. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, Ian. That's a lot of text to respond to. <laughs> it really is. Uh, some days are busier than others. Uh, you can be sure if, if there's a weather emergency and it's also the day after the Iowa caucuses, it's going to be pretty busy yeah. up here. Uh, Director Arnold, given these hazardous conditions, uh, can you just kind of briefly walk us through the measures that you and the city have activated to ensure public safety today, tonight and tomorrow? Absolutely. There's a lot of coordination that goes into this with both our, you know, our regional partners in, in Jefferson, uh, Plaquemines, St. Bernard, and, and of course, all the other parishes in the area, but that is our region down here. And so when the decisions are made about schools and about governments, we try and communicate with each other. We do communicate with each other and, and kind of get on the same page about what we're doing because uh, that, that offers a lot of coordination and, and doesn't confuse uh, our residents and, and visitors out there. And so you know, we did have a reduced operations of city government this morning or today, uh, uh, city hall closed to the public. However, we do have a lot of virtual options for getting your business done as far as the website, uh, phone, email, and the like. And then uh, the schools obviously closed. Uh, we're going to have a decision this afternoon, you know, working with the schools, working with our partners about what tomorrow will look like as well. It's going to be colder. I think the difference between, uh, you know, last night and tonight is we're dealing with strictly pretty much, you know, extreme uh, hard freeze cold tonight and not as much the 
chance of precipitation where the roadways are going to be affected. So you saw a lot of work this morning, great work by DOTD and District 02, um, salting uh, roads uh, from 11 o'clock onward last night uh, up until uh, this morning. The sun's out now, temperatures have come up, so we think the roadway situation is is pretty much resolved itself. Uh, we didn't have any uh, any tremendous number of accidents or, or ice conditions on city streets. Um, we have opened a shelter, but you know, particularly for our vulnerable and unhoused population. That's at Rosenwald Recreation Center on Earhart Boulevard. Uh, that will be open again tonight. Um, we had about 33 people in there last night, and uh, and of course all the other traditional shelter providers opening up their doors and expanding their operations to allow more people in. Uh, handled probably about uh, 50 calls last night for assistance, and that was done by the Office of Homeless uh, Services. It was done by um, our uh, mobile interven uh, crisis intervention unit, which is a great tool to have them available not only to assist NOPD under blue sky conditions, but when we have weather events like this, they are able to reach out to that community. We've expanded our capacity. We have some other rec centers on standby. Uh, I don't want to confuse people and announce those right now because I don't think we're going to have to open them, but if, if the need is there tonight, we'll do that, and we're going to continue this through the rest of the week. Uh, it will warm up, but then it looks like Friday night and, and Saturday night into Sunday, we're looking at some of the same conditions, so we're going to continue yeah. to do that. Um, Entergy is, mm -hmm. has not had any issues. They didn't have any freezing lines or any, any issues last night with power outages, so we're not expecting that tonight because uh, the winds will be less and, and there won't be any type of precipitation, as I mentioned before, so we're in good shape there. Uh, sewage and water boards, normal operations, producing water. You know, uh, tonight is going to be the night to really check you know your pipes and to make sure you run that trickle of water from the furthest faucet from your uh, where your water comes into your house in order to allow those pipes to kind of expand and contract as they need to and allow that trickle of water out but it doesn't need to be every faucet in the house yeah. and really uh, you know I always suggest in the mornings be cognizant of your water use it's typically the heaviest use of the day with showering and laundry and dishes and those things that's the that's the issue um, when we have these freezes with sewage and water board is the demand. If we get a demand that's too high, we get into that territory of low water pressure and then boil water advisories and those types of things. So we really want to try and prevent that. So tonight it's the the the, the, the four P's, the people, the pets, uh, the pipes and plants uh, to protect them. Um, I know SPCA, I was just on a call with them, which is uh, we were a little late today coming on the air with you. Um, they, they responded to about 12 calls last night of animals left outside. Huh. Um, just, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, you know, I'm a dog lover and, and cat lover myself, and, and really those pets need to come inside, uh, you know, or be in some sort of, you know, protected area where they have some heat. And uh, and and no no um, no negative outcomes with that. They were able to get those animals inside, but uh, but but definitely something that we want to watch for. And I'm looking through my list here, and I think I've covered just about everything. Again, yeah. the decision about <laughs> schools and govern will be made will be made later on this afternoon uh, for tomorrow. Great. That was really yes, quite comprehensive, uh, Director. There's a couple things I want to go back and just uh, color in a little bit. It kind of in reverse order here. If people see. Uh, a dog, for example, if their neighbor has left their dog outside, who do they call? What should they do about that? 
they can try and call the SPCA directly, realizing that it might be off hours. Uh, I would certainly, if the, if the animal looks in distress, I believe that that's worthy of a 911 call. If it's a concern, I think the 504-821-2222, the non-emergency uh, police line for uh, the Orleans Parish Communications District would be the most appropriate. Sorry, you but said if, that's, if that I'm animal sorry. looks like it's in distress, you call 911. What? Give us that number again one more time for the OPSD. <laughs> Yeah, so the non-emergency line for 911 is uh, 504-821-2222. 821-2222. Okay, I guess it goes without saying. You should probably, you know, try to contact your neighbor first. I don't think there's any reason to involve the police or the SPCA if you can just go over and knock on the door and say, hey, bring your dog in. Yeah, you know, if if you have a nice relationship with your neighbors anyway. Um, I don't know what type of response you'll get sometimes, (laughs) but yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're fine. All right. Um, Going uh, back to, yeah, I have people on the text line here asking about our unhoused population. And I know you said there's, there's services available and people are going out and taking care of them. I'm curious what those calls to service actually are like. I was walking around downtown a little bit last night myself and i saw some people you know sleeping in a a bus shelter or uh, up against the side of a building and i just i wondered you know what happens if that guy gets wet and is freezing cold where does he go what does he do does he call somebody does he know where to walk to where he can where he can get dry and warm what's that outreach like and and how do people um, living on the street, how do they reach out to authorities with the city to, to find out what they need to do to go be safe? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of a multi-pronged effort. We have um, uh, with uh, Nate Fields and his team, uh, Office of Homeless Serv- and Strategic Services, uh, they have done a really good job of getting out there on on a regular basis. They know folks by name. Um, they, they've, they've interacted with them. There's a, a level of trust that's been built. So when we see this coming, this starts a week before, okay? We, we let them know, look, there's really bad cold weather coming. This is an option for you to go. You know, we work with our traditional homeless shelter providers. Uh, they expand their capacities. They sometimes they will knock off the, the, the kind of little fee that, that goes in on a nightly basis. They really work with us to try and get as many people in uh, as a primary uh, sites as possible. And then we have that overflow site that we will open up with, uh, I mean, incredible assistance from Nord, uh, from Nord C and, and, and Larry Barabino's employees. They're just, they're amazing. They have been trained in shelter management and shelter operations. So we will set up a rec center and have that kind of as a relief uh, once the shelters start getting full, which happens on nights like this. And then there's an outreach that goes on all night uh, throughout the night because sometimes you'll see folks, they do have the right to say, look, I'm good. I don't want to go in. Uh, and, and that's their right. But as the night goes on and as it gets colder and colder, we will get people who say, okay, they'll tap out. They'll say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go somewhere. And, and we'll give them a ride. And that ride could be, again, from the crisis intervention unit. It could be from uh, one of our Traveler's Aid or Unity, one of our, our nonprofits that assists us with this. And it can also be from uh, the NOPD Homeless Assistance Collaborative, which, uh, you know, they, they do a great job. Um, BB St. Roman, she goes out and she knows all these folks and, and is able to kind of do the on the on the spot kind of triage of, of folks. But if you have a concern about someone you see sleeping out in the cold, call 311 and, and we'll get somebody over there and address it. And again, if they look like they're in distress, uh, call 911 because that is a medical emergency. And, and again, I should add too that the New Orleans EMS 
does a lot of work with us as well to help transport uh, folks if needed, either to a hospital or to um, some of these shelter opportunities. But if you do see one of our our fellow residents, uh, you know, in need of, of this type of service, you, you just contact the city through 311 uh, or 911 if it's a medical emergency. Director, I know you already spoke to Tommy Tucker this morning about this a little bit. We've been carrying it in our news updates all day. Would you say, because it bears repeating, I just hate the idea that somebody is going to get sick or die because they didn't operate their generator properly. Give us the yes. rundown on generator safety, if you would, please. Yeah, we spoke about that this morning. This is a time of year where we get from the fire department a lot of, um, I will say, very innovative uses of alternative heat sources. Um, sometimes it's gas grills. Sometimes it's it's gas stoves, electric stoves, um, uh, you know, burning certain types of wood and different fire logs and things in fireplaces. Uh, it, it can get kind of crazy. Space heater safety is a big one. Uh, plug the space heaters into the wall, not into a, an, a, a, an extension cord. Don't leave them near bed or by linen, uh, those types of things. But for the generators, uh, it, it's mainly driven by power outages, which, you know, fortunately we're, we're not seeing at this time. But if you are operating a generator, you, you can follow some of the tips we have for generator safety at ready.nola.gov. Uh, they're pretty widely known, but you definitely want to not operate it near an open window. You want to make sure you know where that exhaust is going, that it's a certain standoff uh, distance away from your home and that uh, you're not refueling that generator uh, at, uh, immediately after uh, cutting off the power as far as, you know, when it's still, you know, relatively hot. And so you want to allow it to cool down for 15, 20 minutes and then refuel that generator. And and those things, uh, I have to say, you know, we go over it in hurricane season a lot. That's generators are killing more people than the storms themselves. Yeah. And, and that happened in Laura. It happened in Delta. Uh, uh, and Ida was a, a little bit different. We had a lot more heat-related illness and, and heat-related issues. But, again, generators are a huge um, secondary form of, of, de of danger from uh, storms and from, from weather like this. When do you think somebody's going to invent a generator that might not kill you if you don't operate it correctly? I mean, what are we doing here? It's 2023. <laughs> I think Tesla's working on it, you know. Okay, uh, oh, yeah, I, I trust that, battery, that guy. And, and that actually brings up a good <laughs> point, though. Um, we do have a community lighthouse system in the city. We've been communicating with them uh, uh, and are looking to see if uh, they want to open one of these community lighthouse facilities. There's houses of worship around the city that have signed on to a program supported by uh, federal, state, and local governments to uh, provide those uh, solar uh, battery walls and, and solar panels to run in case of disasters, runs the whole building. And, uh, and we are leveraging those community lighthouses to use, uh, you know, not only during hurricane season, but we'd like to see them when we have, uh, you know, extreme heat, extreme cold, extreme temperature events uh, in order to be uh, kind of a force multiplier for us to help with people that, um, that, that maybe need to get out of the heat or cold uh, when necessary. So there, there are some innovative, um, you know, kind of carbon uh, neutral, environmentally 
sustainable options that are that are coming online. In fact, we're working on a project right now to install a microgrid system similar to this on the Sanchez Center in the Lower Ninth Ward, which is a rec center cool. uh, for the city of New Orleans. So I, I think there's things that are coming. Our issue is always, you know, diesel, when we say diesel runs disasters, a lot of the generators and a lot of things we use still are powered by that. And, yeah. and uh, I, I have, you know, we have to make a choice about, you know, how we're best going to provide, you know, backup power for places. And, and for right now, it's still, um, you know, what we have out there, which is predominantly, uh, you know, generators utilizing fossil fuels. Okay. This is not so but much. the future's yeah, coming. Uh, go ahead. You know. The future's coming. I mean, the future, the future's coming. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we know that. Um, this is not so much like a public safety question, but it's just the kind of odd administrative thing that I'm curious about that pops into my head over the course of an interview. You mentioned the coordination between different departments and different parishes at the beginning of our conversation. Is there is there ever disagreement there? Does Orleans Parish ever say, well, we're going to do this? And Jefferson Parish says, no, we're going to do that. And Plaquemines Parish says, well, we're going to do something else. Does that ever happen? And in that case, who ultimately intervenes and decides, OK, we're going to close the schools. We're going to close this bridge. These are the, 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 the emergency preparation plans that we're going to put in place. What, what's that conversation like in case these entities aren't in alignment? Well, you know, there's never any disagreements. <laughs> Is that <laughs> no, right? We, no. <laughs> Look, there, there's different priorities uh, between parishes. Uh, you know, I can tell you that when, when we're talking about, uh, just as an example, some of like St. Bernard and Plaquemines are, are more rural, uh, lower population parishes. They have different concerns and different issues that they have to deal with, as, as do um, Jefferson and Orleans with much larger populations and, and larger government uh, staff uh, and personnel available. And so offering the support to our neighbors is really important for us. But we, we come together on pretty much everything. I will give you an example, if we have a second, the saltwater intrusion event. You know, we initially had talked about uh, one pipeline uh, going up the river uh, to uh, for both Jefferson and Orleans and then, you know, eventually helping further on down the line with Plaquemines and St. Bernard. And and what happened is there was some disagreement about it because we realized that, um, you know, uh, that, that it wasn't one pipeline was not going to be enough for both for Jefferson and Orleans. And so that would be an example to me where we sat down in a room. Uh, President Shang was there. We had uh, city representatives, the mayor and and really just we we listen to the data. We, we hear from the experts in public works and we had to kind of adopt different strategies to solve it. So Jefferson came up with the idea of the the. Um, lay flat uh, piping, as you remember, and then we came up with uh, a more permanent solution that fortunately we didn't need, but is still, you know, on the drawing board and in the works for future events. But that would be an example where it wasn't necessarily a disagreement, but it was a situation where we initially thought that this was going to be the best thing for everybody. But then when we actually looked at the numbers and at the engineering and and the science, it it wasn't going to work. So there is, uh, you know, a bit of 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 
back and forth and compromise. When we're talking about events like this, um, if, if schools start closing, it, it starts kind of a cascade uh, of, of things that need to happen. And I think it's less disagreement about whether this government or this school wants to close and more about just being on the same page as far as what type of closure are we going to do? Is it going to be a half day? Is it going to be a whole day? Uh, you know, uh, what type of services can still be offered? And, and a lot of times that's on a strictly parish by parish basis, but we all want to coordinate the messaging. Excellent. We'll we'll uh, call it there. Colin Arnold is the Director of okay. Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness for the City of New Orleans. Thank you, sir, for your time, your work, and your way. I'm a fan. Thank you. All appreciate right. it, sir. Take good care. We'll talk again. Colin Arnold, there he goes. We'll step away and come back with some of your calls and text messages. Joseph and Metairie is here today with uh, something I'm sure is going to be of interest to you. As we go to break, we'll uh, take a quick listen to Blind Melon. Here we go. If you want to give me a call or a text message and react to anything you just heard from Mr. Arnold's, the number is 504-260-1870. also want to know what's going on in your life. Did you have to shut down your business today? Did you have to stay home because your kids couldn't go to school? Tell me about the impact of this weather on you and your family, and we'll air it all out here together on WWLAMFM.com and always live on the free Odyssey app. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot, and I'll be right back. Here's the Eagles with a song that always makes me think about being really cold. I don't know. <laughs> Not their finest work, I gotta say. And we're hungry. When I was just a lowercase I growing up in Colorado, I was always kind of paranoid that my family was gonna get stuck in our car in a blizzard and we would freeze to death out there on the mountains. And I, I don't know, I just associated that fear with that bad Eagles song. Uh, Joseph and Metairie is here. Joseph, you're on the air. Good afternoon, bud. Joseph! Yeah. You're on the air. Yeah. I'm on the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the one thing I, I'd like to find out, maybe y'all can do it today before it gets too late. Uh, because of this terrific cold, we, this Arctic blast, blast we're getting, uh, do you think there, there may be ramifications on the honeybee population? We need the, the bees? honeybees to keep the crops pollinated, and this cold may cause, I'm just thinking out the box, this may have a ramification regarding food prices at the grocery. Because if things get to be too high, too expensive, we're going to see a problem like out of a science fiction movie. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You're, look, Joseph, you're absolutely correct that the uh, the honeybee population is very important to our uh, our food system. Uh, there's a lot of uh, staple crops that we just straight up can't grow without pollinators like honeybees. I got to guess that if the honeybees are in trouble, it's probably because of pesticides and chemicals and habitat disruption rather than just, you know, cold weather. I know, Monsanto. But the thing is... Um... What I'm trying to think of is, you know, maybe this uh, cold weather. I I don't. I'm 74. I don't remember seeing weather quite as bad as this. This is really the worst I think I remember. Yeah. Well, you're not wrong, Joseph. I mean, I'm not as, as quite as old as you. I I've lived in New Orleans for what 21 years now. No, 22 years. My God. 
Um, and I, I remember there being deep freezes. And if it's a deep freeze down here, you can be pretty sure it's going to be in a deep freeze in, you know, uh, the plains parts of the country north of here. Uh, I think climate scientists, I think if I could dare to guess what they might say, they would say this isn't unusual. This does happen. But the concern is that it's going to be happening more frequently in the future, and it's not going to give wildlife populations and ecosystems and even human habitats a time to kind of regroup before the next major freeze event. Uh, thanks a bunch for the call, Joseph. Always glad to have you with us, man. Let's go to Frank in Long Island, New York. Frank, good afternoon, my friend. Hey, my friend. How are you, buddy? Doing well. I'll, I'll let everybody warm up over there. Could you imagine if we was in Iowa? No. Or I, no. I, I woke up to snow this morning. Oh, so, lucky uh, you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two things. One is I was hoping the staff of the Saints were watching the Green Bay Cowboy game. Uh-huh. Did you notice when the Green Bay uh, Packers were up 27 nothing, they never let up. Yeah. They didn't play to lose. Right. You know, they, you know, they never let up. They still try to get their first downs. And, and Dallas almost caught up, and they're still trying to play first down. The other thing I thought was funny, going through the – the fake news stations last night, Chicken News Network, like he called it. Chicken called Noodle News, yeah. Network. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching him. They're saying if Donald Trump, get, you know, he's not going to get his 12.8, you know, he's not going to get his 12.8 uh, advantage over the other two, blah, blah, blah. That would be a miracle, this, that, other thing. He gets over 50%. Yeah. You had to see this stumble. You had to see them stumbling for words. They yeah. didn't know what to do. You know, he didn't do oh, that well in, in uh, 2016. Enough's enough. Yeah. You know, just you hate him, you love him. That's fine. But if he's ever elected president again, we should go back to calling our president Mr. President and have respect toward I don't care who it is. Respect for the I'll office. Have a little respect. You got it. Hey, Frank, have a little I, respect. I got just you know, a minute left, man. Go ahead. No, that's okay. And then, you know, some our other other countries are laughing at us. We have no respect for our own officers, I mean, people in power. That Why should they respect us? Heard you that. have a wonderful day. Stay Heard warm, that. my friend. Thank you so much, Frank. Nice speaking to you. Yeah, the final numbers from Iowa last night, Donald Trump pulls in 51%, Ron DeSantis at 21.2%, Nikki Haley at 19.1%, so not really exactly a distant third. Uh, everybody else uh, pools in together for 8.6, and Vivek is out. We'll have more from Iowa in the 210 News Bomb after we get caught up with our local news. We'll step away here and come back. I'll see if I had time to read a couple more text messages. Lots of people are responding to Joseph, as I knew that they probably would. Thank you so much for that. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot. He'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Be right back. Here's a text message that says, Joseph is right. No honeybees, and we'll all be eating Soylent Green. Soylent Green is people! You gotta tell them! You gotta let them know! Spoiler I'm not alert. eating that stuff. It's a 30-year-old movie, Coleman. Ain't no spoiler. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 